Hi, this is Emily. And this is Maddie. And this is Spill the Mead. Don't overthink it, just spill it. (laughs) Bitch, the pot, the tea is hot. What? And this is Spill the Meat, a history gossip podcast. Welcome to it. And we're going to talk a little bit more about me today on behalf of our new partnership with Grenfell Meadery. Grenfell Meadery. That's G-R-O-E-N-N-F-E-L-L. Check them out. They ship all yeah. across the U.S. Yes. Oh my gosh. Like, look at all their flavors. They, they have. Do- they got. They got jams. They got, they, got, they got yam gems. They, they, don't, they do not no, they have do. yam gems. But they have it. Honey, they have great merch. They have all different kinds of meads. Mm-hmm. And they make them all seasonally. And there's certain ones that makes you feel really special that, like, they'll only, they'll put it on there. They'll be like, this batch of mead, we only have, like, this much out there. Oh, like, my order gosh. now. But it's like. <laughs> I do love that. Like, it oh, does. it feels so, like, exclusive. It's like the camaraderie, you know. Yes. It's like you're sitting here sipping this and only, like, you and, like, a select other group of people. Oh, like or drinking God. it mm. love yeah that. i love that for everyone love that for everyone um and now we're gonna learn more about mead and it's back to maddie again this time with medieval poland um not medieval poland just poland really in the book i swear to god it, it like was listed as medieval poland yeah what a little misnomer right there oh uh, yeah no uh but it's this one like through me like the countries I had assigned like I knew I was gonna love them all because I love history but like I thought that like Poland was going to be the least interesting to me and this is because you think of me you don't think of Poland no this was by far my absolute favorite I am so oh fucking gosh. excited to tell you Emily about this listeners I'm so excited for you to hear about like the Poland okay. yeah. mead history it's so cool I had no clue but mead is huge in Poland. Oh, it's huge in Poland. Really? Oh my God. I cannot huh. wait to tell you this one. Okay. And so with my last two, I started off with mythology, right? Mm-hmm. This one, no, we're going to start with some real shit. Okay. And we're going to start probably somewhere where you wouldn't expect. Okay. And this is exactly what happened in the book. Um, the book that we're referencing was a gift from a listener. Yeah. Shout out to Coco. Shout out to Coco. Um, it's a book called Mead. Uh, the Libations, Legends, and Lore of History's Oldest Drink by Fred Minnick. Mm-hmm. So he slapped me in the face right off the bat. First sentence of Poland. I'm like, whoa, what are we doing here? Yeah. So I'm going to do the same thing. Hell yeah. So. I must set the scene for this. In the 7th century, Muhammad founded Islam. Whoa. Yeah. Where are we? What's <laughs> happening? No, I yeah. know. Right, yeah. Okay, yeah. Poland. Yeah, I, I know. It threw me too. So, the short version. Again, if you're new to Spill the Mead, welcome. Um, the short version of this is Islam spread rapidly. Christianity didn't like that, and they responded with the Crusades. That's the very short version. Of course, there's a lot that goes into that. Yeah. But here at Spill the Mead, we're here to weed out all of that stuff for you and just give you the juicy facts, you know? Here for the gossip, here for the juicy stuff. So however it happened, the crusade started in response to Islam spreading rapidly, like throughout different countries in the world. Mm -hmm. So in all of these crusades, it is through this we are able to set the scene for just how big of a deal mead is in Poland. 
Hang in there. Okay. I know. It seems like it's not going to connect, but it is. So in the Fourth Crusade, Pope Innocent III was desperate to recapture Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a Christian state, and then it fell to Islam, right? So he wants Jerusalem back. Again, making this a short story and staying focused on the mead here and out of the politics, it turns out that the Pope, Pope Innocent, had to call upon the Polish people, the Polish army, to send in troops into Jerusalem for backup to literally win it back. Oh, Jesus. Right, yeah, again, a lot happened, but he's calling on the Poles to be like, hey, I need help. You got to get down to Jerusalem and help me out. Yeah. And so they get his request, and Poland just simply says, hey, listen, we can't go. We can't go to Jerusalem. Like, we can't. And they just straight up, like, decline this quest. And the Pope is like, oh, like, our... I'm sorry, I... Are you saying no to Yeah, <laughs> like, that's not how this works. I was asking, but, like, no, I wasn't. It was kind of like, when I said, like, do you want to, that was a rhetorical question. Yeah. It was more of a demand. Yeah, it's like when I say, like, hey, Mike, my husband, like, do you want to take out the trash? Yeah, it's like, like, yeah, you do. You need to take out the trash. That, was, that right was a rhetorical question. Yeah, no, um... Poland's just like, yeah, no, like, we hear you. And yeah, we're, we're saying, no, we're not going. Okay. Yeah. 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 You want to guess why? Um, because there's no mead in Jerusalem. Now, there were other factors at play. A okay. few of them. Okay. But that reason, no mead in Jerusalem, was listed right up there oh, with the other factors. Oh, my God. Like, yeah. they were straight Fair. up, like, we're not going. Like, there's no meat there. They don't got our good shit. Yeah. No, no shit. That was one of the reasons. I love that and respect it so, so wholeheartedly. It just sets the scene for how big mead was in Poland. That, like, this is the Crusades. Like, this was, like, a big fucking deal. You know what people are doing during the Crusades? They're crusading. Yeah. And you know what the Poles are doing? No. Yeah, they're like, oh, wow. Um, I mean, I will go crusade if there's mead, but if there's not, eh, I want to stay in your dragon pass. Yeah. Yeah. Why don't you just maybe fucking mind your own business, (laughs) goggle guzzle? Like, I'm not going if you're drinking. I don't know. I don't feel like it. I feel like you're just going to yell at me. Yeah. I don't want to go. (laughs) So, like, even though Rome and Poland were clearly in cahoots here, um, Rome never actually occupied polish land at all it was controlled by the slavs and the goths they were the ones like running that region of what today we know as poland and they drank mead they drank it yeah they were it they were personified mead so when we hear of people in this region at that time called barbarians referred to as barbarians barbarians is a very like broad generalized term but when you hear it of like in this polish region Mm -hmm. it's probably around this time period they're talking about the slavs and the goths okay that's who it is and their chieftains drank mead literally before literally during and after battles like you know like you're running fucking cross country i don't know some people do i didn't but like you're running cross country and you stop at the stand for water and you grab it really quick and like down it and get back to the race you know that but mead and like you're you could die pretty much like that's what they're doing 
And it's through these slobs and goths that the Polish love of mead is like really rooted. Like mm-hmm. it started way back then. So there's a lot of contemporary writings from the time, which like shed light on just how normal people in the Middle Ages lived um, in Poland, which I guess it does start in medieval Poland. It doesn't end there though. Oh, okay. Where it ends is, I love it. I love where it ends. Ooh. Um, but yeah, so like people in the Middle Ages in Poland lived. Like we have a whole bunch of contemporary sources. <sighs> just like a little side note, I love this shit. Like just little tidbits, like little diaries, little journals of normal fucking people. Yes. Like, I again will go on the record and say my favorite episodes of ours too hard it's like tell asking what my favorite disney movie is i have them like categorized oh you know? yeah yeah like Absolutely. i have like Same. classics then i have new disney movies mm-hmm. then i have like live action versions or and then my I have, favorite like, princess movie but yes, like, or yes my favorite like princess but not necessarily my favorite princess movie right yeah like that's mm-hmm. how like our episodes are like yeah. i have like favorite ones that you have done. Then I have like favorite folk tales. And then I have like favorite, like to, like I have all these different categories. Yeah. But if I had to pick my favorite Emily episode ever, and probably one of my, my number one favorite Emily episode, top three favorite episode ever is Anna Buskler. Who was just like a regular ass girl. She was just some fucking chick. Yeah. Just some girl. Her dad. And we just happened to have like all this info on her. Mm -hmm. And she was just an average person who was so fucking problematic. Yes. Okay. Oh my God. You said like the first thing that popped into my head was her when you said like hearing about like the everyday person. Like her. Her. We're like, like wild things happened to her. Like in her, she was like pretty wild for the time, but she was just like. She wasn't royalty. No. She wasn't nobility. She no. was just like some girl. Naked yeah. Anna in a men's hat. Like, yes. She was just problematic and uh-huh. like out there doing it. And it yeah. is just, she like found, she being Emily. Um, hi, it's you. I'm looking at hi, you. Talking to yeah. listeners though. She like found this like obscure book that yeah. like someone wrote. Like there's no info out there on this girl. Please go listen to the episode because it's so fucking good. And so it's like, wow, like, like a movie, please? Yeah. Like, yeah, but just no, she is person. just some person. Oh my God. So like everyone out there has a story, you know, mm-hmm. like it's so cool. But anyways, um, so writings like that from back yes. in Poland on how people lived just on a day-to-day Love life. When they're listing their culinary essentials for survival, like flour, eggs, meat, Mead? Mead Whoa. is up there. Like, it is a necessity wow. of life. Like, oh, Poland and mead. Yeah. Poland and mead. I had no clue. Love that. And after reading this, I feel like a fucking idiot because, like, Poland and mead is, like, so hand in hand, I had no clue. But I, it is. Yeah, I never connected those two. That That's never been a connection no. that's been made in my brain. Oh, God, again, just wait. Like, the Poland thing. It's so Ooh. cool. I'm, like, all about, like, this whole, yeah. oh, God. So it's no secret at this point, in part two, that mead is kind of known as a war drink, right? So many cultures throughout history drank mead before battles and after battles and all of that. So there's a record of the Polish-Lithuanian Teutonic War that shows us the value that mead played in war on like a monetary scale, right? So Poland and Lithuania are in alliance and they are fighting against the Teutonic army, okay? okay? So the Teutonic Knights ordered for this battle, okay? This is what they ordered. 
7,524 liters of mead. Jesus. Mm -hmm. um, for us American Volk, eh? That's uh, 2,000 gallons. Jesus. Roughly. Fuck. Yeah. Um, 20 liters of that mead, about five gallons, is going to the 275 people who are currently like on the front lines deployed. Yeah. Like get that out to them right now. Yeah. Um, also, like just as a side note, like that was all the mead they ordered. They also ordered 3,762 liters, which is almost a thousand gallons of honey. Oh my like they're God. just all about, yeah. they're, they're about it. Same. Um, this Sit on your toast while oh, you yeah. drink your mead. Come on, this is literally the reason why they lost the war <laughs> to the Lithuanian Polish alliance oh. because they ran out of funds. Like they spent it all on fucking mead. They literally spent it on mead. That's why they lost. I understand. Yeah, I literally don't want to hear one more fucking word about my Avo toast ever again. When like this whole ass army just like blew it over mead, you know? Like yeah, yeah. absolutely. I don't we want to talk about financial decisions. No, like I'm gonna go ahead and get my fucking Starbucks. Thank you. I did yeah. not just go ahead and order like. 7,500 liters of mead. No? No. So. But you know what I want in the belly when I'm, like, going toe-to-toe -to -toe with death itself? Mead. Some mead. Mead. Yeah. God, <laughs> so much mead. so badly. So it was also during this time in Poland, because obviously Poland's all about mead. Like, mm -hmm. now we know. So during this time, it makes sense that mead was being explored by, like, its quality. So, like, they're starting to define mead on, like, a quality scale. So I have their classification system here, and there's four different classes going from best to worst. So the first is Aldous Methus, which is an aged mead. Okay. And that's the best. Ooh. And we'll talk about Polish aged mead. They're about Ooh. that. So Something about Polish aged mead mm. does sound quite excellent. God, yeah, I need yep. it in, yep. in my veins. Just start a drip. Yeah, just ivy. Yeah. Right into my body. Second is Jurinus Altamida, which is old clarified mead. Mm. And then is Donometa, which is weak mead. Okay. And then last is Conventus, which is thin and watery mead, which is what I feel like if they came back and like drink our mead today. I don't know. I feel like back then, I don't know. I feel like it was I think probably it would kill like me. thick and intense. You I know? think it would kill me. Yeah. I feel like now they'd be like, oh, wow, this is mild. And we're like, what? <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. yeah. When they're just like feeding the their lesser mead to like their <clears throat> babies. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, here you go. This is like Here's water now for you. Yeah. Yeah. It's only 15%. Like it's water now. Yeah. Easy peasy. But like this whole classification chart is so cool to see because it shows the tiers of mead and the preferences of palate of a people who would go on to get this. Poland is going to become a world leader in mead making. Oh my Poland. God. Poland what is, is like happening? the fucking place, man. Oh my God. I've been to Poland. Like, not yeah. just my own horn, but I have. And I loved it so much. They had, like, my favorite food of anywhere oh. in Eastern Europe that I went. I want to go back so badly because of so many reasons. But now, mead? Yeah, like, now um, you're coming now with me, Emily. Visit Wojciech's yep. statue. Yep. Drink, drink some, some fucking mead. mead. Yeah, like, Who fucking knew? We've got to, like, get in these pubs. We've got to drink this mead. Feels so naive. Oh, God, just wait. So like, you're going to. blinded gonna... to what a mead capital it was there. Oh, my God. No, they're, they're still good at mead. Like, you're, again, ugh, just wait. Like, oh, my man. God. Okay. So they're going to become world leaders in mead making. They're going to add hops, pepper, cloves, oh, fennel, oh. cinnamon, and other ingredients into their meads. Like, they're going to get like, into it. Yeah. 
Um, getting creative now. No, I know, right? And like, God, again, like we have to go. I need to try Polish mead so mm-hmm. bad. Like, mm-hmm. do we have listeners in Poland? We're gonna have to check our map again. We have like listeners all over the world. Basically like, is Poland right one of them? Like, I feel like it. yeah. Do you live in Poland? Like, do you know that your mead is supreme? Like, shit. Like, yeah, you're a mead person. They're like, yes, I had mead for breakfast. Yeah, thank you. Like that was the entire breakfast. They probably did. They mm-hmm. they've got to know their mead is supreme because again, just wait. So. The rich history in mead loving in Poland started back when the modern day Polish region Mm -hmm. was made up of Slavic tribes. And these tribes of people would breed bees out in like hollowed out trees. And like the Slavs became known as like forest beekeepers. Oh yeah, like they gosh, lived out in the forest. forest bees. They would like bring swarms in, like like herd them over into like these like hollowed out logs and like make it like all great for them to like, you know, like build their hives in. Oh, um they tree. ended up No, I know. They developed their own trade. Um, they would like guard these hives, like once they got like the bees like into the log and had them all established, they would like set up, you know, like they were guarding it. Why is this so cute? No, I know. Um, it's gonna get cuter. Um, the Slavic people, these Slavic tribes, were literally called bee hunters. Sweet little bee hunters. Oh, and you hunted a bee. Yeah, they earned royal privileges, like due to the importance placed on mead and honey, like honey to make mead. Oh my And so, like, gosh. these Slavic tribes are just thriving because they're just good at bees, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, yeah. And so, the poles are just treasuring the honey and the mead. Back they appreciate then, their bees. They do, and they still do. Like, oh again, Poland and mead. Cute. And so this little fact right here says a lot. There was one time when all this was going on that there was a province in Poland where there was four hives to every citizen. Like, that's how much what honey and mead they were cranking out. Poland! Four? Yes! How did we not know? Is this just like an ignorant American thing? Does the rest of the world know like Poland's connection to mead? I and swear we're to just God, over here, half like, the people I talk to don't even know what mead is. I know. Like, <laughs> I know as years go by, like more people know. It's becoming a thing again. Thank God. Thank God. Know, that's what we're here for. But like, you know what? Belt. Ten years ago, I didn't know what mead was. Yeah, no, that's true. Like I knew it was a drink and that was it. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't think I... Actually, I know, like, when Vikings first came out, my husband and I were, like, super into it, watched all the new episodes. I still have them all on box set. But um, mead was brought up. And, like, we talked about how, like, oh, I've never had mead. Can you yeah. even get that anymore? Like, just thought it was, like, a dead thing, Exactly. You know? And now it's like, oh, shit. Like, no, there are meadaries. That's all gonna change like it means exactly. coming back That's it's the making goal. a back. It, it really is please though. tell your friends about spill the mead and so we can tell them about grimfell and get them some mead delivered yeah. to your door oh my gosh yes we and have a discount you know code <laughs> and i'm doing a little portion today on like american mead and like modern mead so Ugh. like bring it we'll at home. get into that yep bring it at home So eventually the beekeeping tactic turned into hollowing out. So rather than just finding down trees, they would hollow out these 
six foot birch logs and then they would cover them with boards so that there was only a small little opening for bees to come and go good uh yeah and so before the winter they would enclose these hives all up so they could save the energy of the bees during like an unproductive time of the year you know good, good they're like good. hey you're they get very cold you're doing great and like mm-hmm. we're humans and like we've learned this like winter ain't it you gotta like store up for the winter like you're saving yeah. energy in winter so you can like you know bust it out like in the in the production oh, for so sure. we're gonna we're gonna help you out with that and the little bees like stayed in there and like saved their energy and stayed nice and warm um can i just like say a quick thing because in this book i learned how honey is made do you know how honey is made like how the bees make it no no so interesting so first of all it's like a debate between scientists on whether honey is bee vomit okay that's so that's a fun little thing. i was i was actually going to i wasn't gonna say vomit i was gonna say like a poo like, yeah, so they ingest the <clears throat> the nectar, right? And mm-hmm. then, like, what they spit out is, like, almost honey. Okay. Um. So, like, the debate really is between, like, so the technical definition of vomiting is, like, something going into your stomach and then coming back out. Like, yeah. you regurgitating it, right? right yeah. So the debate is, like, is it going into the bee's stomach? Is it an extension of their esophagus? Is it specifically a stomach for the honey? So that's the first thing. But then, mm-hmm. like, when they spit it back up into the honeycombs, yeah. it is still not honey. The thing that makes it honey, it's still too watery. Is love. Their little wings flapping evaporate. Yeah, it's love. The extra water. Oh, no. So what you're telling Their me is the secret ingredient is love? Which beat 200 times a second. Oh, my God. A second. <sighs> yeah. Ugh. But I was like, that that seems unreal. Yeah. Their wings or what the the flapping I, of their little baby bee wings is what makes honey I, adorable. No, it is. No, it is. So though. fucking cute. I was like, but that's Sweet what it wings. takes. Yeah. The wings. Wow. In proximity. Wow. The heat and like yeah. And that, so like the regurgitation, the heat, the wings, all of that. All it of makes it. like a trifecta yeah. of like liquid gold. Of a perfect little BB. Wow. Yeah. Oh my god. And then they seal it all in with their beeswax. And then they which is also a great chapstick. It is. Shout out to Burt's Bees. Uh, sponsor us. <laughs> Tag Burt's Bees in, <laughs> in Grenfell and they'll never need anybody else ever again. <laughs> oh my god, could you imagine? Could like, you imagine? Grenfell and Burt's Bees is it. I'd shit my pants. Honestly, like, I don't really even, like, Burt's Bees would be a blessing, but like, again, you listen to the, part one or else why Grenfell. are you here? But like, Grenfell is like such a, and Burt's such Bees a blessing. Like, and I us all together. Again, I'd shit my pants and I'd look and it, I would have shit out a honeycomb. Wow. At that point. Oh, and that's God. that's beauty right there. And then I'll come over there with my wings and flap it into honey. <laughs> that's poetry. Wow. That's poetry, That's baby. something. That's an image. Of <laughs> but anyways, this... So they would close the bees up during the winter, saving their energy. But this their little is, wings flap. Their little wings flap, and they have to make the honey. Don't yeah, waste it in the winter. It's a lot of work. Save it. So this system had to evolve, though. Like, the logs were immobile. They were very cumbersome for a lot of the beekeepers. And so bringing it up quite quite a bit pretty pretty modern as far as my episodes i've been very ancient in vikings and greece yeah so up to 1614 now okay hives were finally housed in apiaries for the first time in poland and since then 
1614, the Poles have made huge strides in the world of beekeeping. Ooh. They learned that a colony is nothing without the queen. They were the ones mm-hmm. that figured that out. That's right, baby. So in Poland, they were the first to figure out that if a colony grew too big or got too out of control for like beekeepers to handle, they would oh so carefully cut out the royal cells they would like cut down into the hive and like remove just those royal cells so carefully without touching any of the other cells Mm -hmm. so nothing else was disturbed and they would like take that out and it would like control the number of workers you know and they made sure to not do this like they did not want to meddle unless it was just absolutely necessary yeah but like they figured out, you know, that you could do that. And they took, like, just hours to cut around, like, these royal cells. Like, oh, God, did it yeah, so it stressful. And so a guy named Father Johann Dierzhen mm-hmm. was another Polish man who went on to invent the cupboard hive. And he was the one that discovered that drones are actually the ones fertilizing the eggs. Okay. He was the guy. And because of that, he is called the father of modern beekeeping. Cute. Like, why is beekeeping so cute? Beekeeping itself is simultaneously so adorable and metal. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like you also like are wearing a big really, suit where oh, yeah. you could get like stung to death, like maybe, stung to death. And, like, like you're like smoking them. It's and, no like, joke. Like going in there, like no, no this is like a big but fucking it's deal. Also but like, it's adorable. Cute. Beekeeping, so cute. Father of modern beekeeping. Adorable. Oh my god. Um, and the book really stressed this so i'm gonna say it here a lot of sources are going to tell you that father um johan dierzhen want to make sure i said it right um was german he's not he's polish he okay. is polish 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 that's why okay. he's in the polish Section. chapter of this book yep okay, yep. okay. it was him Noted. father of modern beekeeping yep polish right so um, the poles also harvested different types of honey for different medicinal purposes. So just like the Romans, they knew that pollen gathered from certain dendrons caused intoxication and nausea. Okay. Yes, that mm-hmm. is what mm-hmm. mad honey did. It it intoxicated all on its own without and being made into mead, yep. but it also like yeah, it could puke. give you the shits and yep. you could puke and uh, there, there was a bunch of stuff. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah. Rome and Poland figured this out. And so um, the Polish people only used um, honey from dendrons, like, for medicine. They did not make meat out of that. Yeah. It's going to be yep, 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 yep. You know? No. Yeah. Which is like, oh, man, I... It's crazy how, like, mead affects honey. Or honey affects mead, sorry. Like, honey affects mead so much. Like, whatever right. types of honey. Like, Oh, yeah. That's, like, one of the things, like, oh, God, poor, poor M. Like, you love mead, but, like, it gives you, like, such a headache. Like, you, sometimes, like... Most types give me headaches. Yeah, that was, like, one of the reasons why we loved Grimfeld, It too, is true, like, yeah. we, um... Drink mead responsibly, okay? Do it. Yeah. Um, Emily and I don't always, and sometimes we like drink a little bit of mead, which doesn't take much. Mead's a whoo. It's strong. Yeah, but like, it always gives you like a headache before the night's over. It gives and, like, me like a pre. I get like if if anyone's ever experienced like a pre hangover, I literally get a pre hangover from almost every type of mead I've ever tried. There is like two different brands Mm -hmm. that do not give me pre hangover headaches and grunfeld is one of them yeah so one of the the many reasons why i love it it's like our favorite flavors like again they have like the historic grunfeld line and then they have like havoc which is like Mm -hmm. all of the oh god like the craft yummy stuff yeah but like 
it doesn't give you a headache. Like no, it's, none oh, of gosh. it. Neither neither Havoc nor Grenfell. Like neither of them give me headaches, and it is like so refreshing. The type of I can just like enjoy it because I would just suffer through before with oh, the yeah, other types. Just but, like, power now I can it. just like enjoy it. <laughs> like actually enjoy it. It's so nice. Oh god. So Poland would go on to be one of the first countries to commercialize mead, and this created. Um, large facilities in Poland to meet the growing demand. So they're starting to make like meaderies. Yeah. Because, like okay. they're commercializing wow, yeah. it. They're pushing this like mead is like yeah. doing. Um, and not like for like, not like Oxymel, like not for medicine, like just drink it. Just have a good mm-hmm. time. It's mead. Like come drink it. Yeah. Um, God, like kind of like a sad fact, like opposite of fun. What's the opposite of fun? Like uh, it's that fact. Yeah. Um, a lot of people died in these production facilities because factories, right? A yeah. A lot okay. of people died from like falling into vats. <gasps> yeah. And original records said that they drowned, but now we know that like, no, they didn't. Um, because they're fermentation vats, right? And so they would fall into these vats and pretty much immediately become intoxicated and then suffocate because the yeast spews carbon dioxide and so oxygen is like not there like you can't get it like inside those vats it's only putting out carbon dioxide so you're trying to breathe and can't get anything and also you're fucking drunk and then you die that's horrifying yeah oh it's literally like having the worst drunk spins of your life while you can't breathe and then you die like oh wow no 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 jesus christ god yeah what pioneers like pour one out for all of them oh my god um but aside from that sadness oh man poland has one big claim to fame for mead. Like one thing that they just got so good at. So they were good at making mead and they perfected the talent, because it's a talent, of aging mead. Okay. Like, to perfection. Ooh. And when I say aged, like I'm talking aged. They would age mead for literal decades to draw pores for like weddings, funerals, births. Holy shit. Really any kind of special occasion. Yeah. But a hundred year old mead, which was pretty prominent in Poland, would be busted out for really rare and honored occasions. Whoa. A hundred years old. A hundred? Yeah. That's long to us. Could you imagine, like, back then? Like, oh, my God. So, like, for example, for King George VI of England, they went down into the dark, cobwebbed, historic (gasps) government cellars in Poland, and they drew a pour of mead from the 1700s. Oh, my God. For the English dignitaries there, right? fucking cool. Yeah, like, King George VI was born in the late 1800s, and, like, they're here, like, drinking mead from the 1700s because they were there. That's so fucking cool. Yeah, like, they literally... No one touches it wherever it is in these, like, secret, like, government cellars. And they go down there and, like, dig through all the cobwebs and shit and, like, bring it out. Oh, like, my it's, gosh. Oh, it's so cool. So let me tell you about one of the greatest and most famous Polish meads that was ever made. Okay. Very aged. I, like, really fucking love this. Mm-hmm. Like, I, this next part, I love it so much. I think you will, too. Like, okay. I love it. So this mead was made in honor of a Polish war hero named Thaddeus Kosciuszko. Oh, Thad. Mm-hmm. So if you're an American history buff, you may recognize that name because he really helped the U.S. win the Revolutionary War against oh, Britain. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Benjamin Franklin first met him in Whoa. the Caribbean. 
whoa. Yeah, the way I don't know anything about American history. No, I don't really either. My American um, ass. Yeah, right. I know. And, the, and what I do know, like, I mean, I did the series on, like, the Modoc Wars. But, like, I now That's I know. That's such a niche part of history, though. Yeah, I know. And now, like, I know about, like, Koziosko. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about that and this polish guy and yeah. like that's pretty much you know yeah uh-huh. very niche aspects. We, we have um we've had some listener recommendations for some american history episodes that, yeah that we are going to it's on to. the list it's definitely on the list um but we're going to kick it off here with kosiasco so <clears throat> when benjamin franklin met him in the caribbean um Kosciuszko offered to enlist in the revolutionary war on america's side like he wanted to come help out uh, while he was enlisted, they learned of his engineering background, and he was, like, really fucking good at it. Ooh. And so that became his job. Um, a colonel of engineers commission from the Continental Congress was granted to Kosciuszko. Okay. And he would go on to build so many important forts that the English could not get through. Oh, like, shit. Like, impenetrable. His fort specifically... Yeah, fucking couldn't get to him and it helped out the american efforts so much like it was like it, he was a big deal oh my god he so the fuck he was doing oh yeah he was promoted up the ranks and eventually he was awarded the title of a brigadier general by Ooh. washington himself and americans like really loved him even though they could not pronounce his name because oh, even yeah. back then, Americans were the fucking worst. Americans were American The worst. And his English, like, was not good at all. And so he mm. spoke French, which, like, back then, you know, a lot of people still spoke French, you know. Yeah. So he could, that's that how he communicated yep. with people because his English wasn't quite there. But he was just beloved nonetheless. And so this is just, like, a small side story just to drill home, like, how much, like, Washington, like, in particular, just loved him. And, like, yeah. he was an engineer, you know? Like, he built mm-hmm. for it, like, and he was so important. But after the Revolutionary War, Washington, like, wrote him, like, all through his life. Like, kept in touch oh, with him. like pals. Yeah. And so Kosciuszko would go fight for Poland uh, for his own country, and he would be captured and imprisoned by the Russians. And the czar knew him and knew of all of his credentials and stuff. And the czar would let him go eventually because of this. But after he was let go, George Washington, like, wrote him this letter about how he is so fucking sorry that this happened to him. Like, his wounds and pain, like, this should have never happened to someone of your caliber. Like, this breaks my heart. Like, I mean, like... They loved him. Yeah. <laughs> like, even when he was across the sea, like, letters took so long to get over. It didn't matter. Like, it was worth, like, staying in yeah. touch with him, right? But all before being imprisoned by the Russians, when America won the war, spoiler alert, he went back home to Poland. And as soon as he set foot home from the Revolutionary War, Poland stowed away mead. In its government vaults. Oh. They went down into those deep, deep secret government vaults. And they're they like, would. this is the Kosciuszko need. Mm-hmm. We're going to put it aside. So in 1926, on July 4th, the Polish government opened this 150-year-old bottle of mead. Oh, and shared years. it with American dignitaries that, like, they invited there. That's so cute. You know, like, this makes me want to cry. Like, yeah, that's I, so God, cute. Things like this just, like, kill me. Like, yeah. camaraderie between the, like, country. Like, yeah. It's like oh, the Kamehameha beautiful. episode. Like, 
if that you one got me. Heard the Kamehameha episode and like, that one where like New Zealand found yes. out like that they had these cloaks from like these ancient like Hawaiian chiefs and stuff and they thought like hey we've had these for a long time we want to give them back brought them back they brought them back home and it was this big ceremony and so beautiful they didn't have to fucking do that you <laughs> yeah, know meanwhile like, every British museum like no mine yeah <laughs> <laughs> it was can we just please have this like really important thing to it's our culture like, back no mine no, like, like oh. <laughs> I just, like, think this is so sweet. And not only did they do this, like, this was the Kosciuszko mead that they mm-hmm. put aside. Like, they put it aside and been like, one day we're going to pull this out and celebrate America That is so them, beautiful. You know? So um, beautiful. They also presented them with this large painting. We'll post a picture of it. Called Declarations of Admiration and Friendship. Cute. <laughs> no, stop. Fucking cute. My whole fucking heart, this man. This is so pure. I guess it's just like people don't like America, you know? And so it's just like whenever you know, anyone's nice to us, it's like, oh my God. Like yeah, they literally like invited these people over, busted out this mead, like gave them this painting all to celebrate like America's 150th birthday. Cute. Like, it's so sweet. America did not get invited to any birthday parties no, and then like Poland. someone just the the one good friend like yeah. showed up the for a birthday party showed up. and to be clear the little kid america is like kind of a little jerk so like you don't really feel that bad for him that no one's celebrating his birthday but like poland's the really nice accepting friend i who's feel there for like america is like that fucking freshman that comes in who like makes varsity or whatever and thinks that they're fucking better than everyone because of that but at the end of the day you're this fucking immature little freshman and shut the fuck up you've been here for 300 years and we've been here for thousands don't think you can tell me what to do yeah Yeah, exactly you need to take several seats like that's how i feel the world stole your spot on it on the team from someone else who like had it for a while. I mean, like, the... And the, is happy there. So many metaphors can be made of it's this. It's like, God, like, thank God that, like, Britain fucked so many people over in, like, France and, like, this Polish guy were like, we'll help you take down Britain because, like, if not... <laughs> they man. just were, like, running around making enemies, that's oh, for yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, if not, I would still probably have a super cute accent. But instead, you're hearing me talk like this. Like this. Oh, my this God. what you get inside. Poland. <laughs> Um, but another report from this time, like the 150th birthday of America, um, there was a restaurant in Warsaw that opened in 1520, opened in 1520 and was like passed down generation to generation. And on the 150th birthday of America, they uncorked a 300 year old bottle of mead because they've been open from 1520. So they had that on hand. And they decided like... America's independence. That's is like what they're gonna drink to for wildly <laughs> generous it's, it's of them. Like, so sweet, dude. Like I just so wildly want generous. to give Poland like the biggest hug. Like, yeah, be like oh my god, you know that like someone here appreciates that. Yeah, it's but, just like, so that's sweet. A, we know that that's a big deal, and oh like we appreciate god. that so much. And like I, this is God, this fucking kills me. It's gonna kill you too. But um, that was Poland shtick, right? Old meat, hundred year old meat, three hundred year old meat. Um, no mead that old exists in Poland anymore. Um, oh. but it did before World War II. The fucking fucks, fuck. Yeah, um, the Nazis no, came No, they got and wrecked by World War II. Yeah. Yep. And the Nazis either drank it all or destroyed it all. 
and now there is no meat over 100 years old left in Poland when it was a pretty common thing, and that makes me want to fucking throw up. I mean, I didn't need any more reason to passionately hate Nazis, literal Nazis. It's just like every like, new fact that you find out about Nazis just, just like makes you hate them the more. The hatred you know? burns yeah. even deeper into like, my soul. Wow, there is just not even a oh my God. sliver of a redeeming quality. No. Nothing. And like almost all of them are dead, but like the way that like I still have um, such a burning hatred. Yeah, wow. For yeah. all of them. I don't know one. I don't know one personally that I know of, anyways. And like, I wow, I hate you. I so much fucking hate you. No part of me pities your old man ass. Also, like you know how there's like rules to war, which is so weird. Like we've talked about that in episodes. Like there's rules, you know. Ones I clearly don't understand. I don't understand. But like, why isn't one of those rules like? Can you not fuck with like really old things and countries? Yeah, old history. Yeah, can we agree that like you may not be here or like maybe you're gonna want to appreciate this at the very least like can we just like leave it the fuck alone right like can we just like all come together and agree have like like, some modicum of respect but no no like expecting that especially of literal nazis it's just like absolutely way too much they can't respect basic human life like they no. can't respect fucking anything. Fucking assholes. If you're a Nazi, turn this off. Like, <laughs> like, I, like, literally. Yeah, get your neo-Nazi ass out of here. Jesus Christ. But today in Poland, vodka is the most popular drink. Ooh, really? Okay. It is. I mean, I love vodka, so. Vodka. Here, I love some vodka. But. I do live in the land of potatoes. So oh, yeah. hell yeah. But get this. Get this. Polish mead is, quote, from the book, The Envy of the World. Polish mead, you guys. Did we all, like, do we know this? Like, do mead drinkers out there know this? Like, did everyone know that Poland was such a a player here? We need Polish mead. universal, like, yeah. We need information. Right? Like, because I didn't know. No, like, we need Polish mead so fucking badly. Yeah. And, like, we talked about the Viking drinking horn, and I'm going to tell you about, like, a really cool Russian drinking vessel for me later. But the tradition in Poland was not as sexy, but it was still fun. And it was to drink mead out of a woman's shoe. You just go up to a lady, and you take her shoe off, and you pour some mead in there, and you drink it to her health. There are some people out there with a very specific fetish who are still doing that. Here for that. Uh-huh. Yeah. And so, and you, you know, know what? I'm not going to yuck your yum, baby. Absolutely. No, you, you do you your thing. You drink that drink out of someone's shoe. They ain't hurting nobody. They ain't nobody. Like, yeah. if you... Do I think that's stinky gross? Yeah. yeah, but you know what? You do you, baby girl. You want to Venmo me $300? I'll send you a shoe to drink meat out of. Absolutely. Yeah, it's going to be it like less. a really dirty white kid. <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, but, I'm but not sending it. you my docs. So like, Pay for shipping too, by the way. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah anyway. <laughs> I can afford to send the kids. Yeah, not the docs. Yeah. <laughs> no. No way. No, uh-uh. Not that. But um, you bet to this day... That on a special occasion, there is a Polish person out there drawing some sweet, sweet mead to this day. Though it may not be 100 years old. Mm. They are out there for every special thing that happens drinking mead because that is what Poles do. And we love that for them. 
And that's what I have for Poland. I was blown away. That I is like incredible. Love that. Who knew their culture revolved so heavily around me? And like, why are they so sweet? Why to are they us? so cute? Like, oh my god, Poland like, is baby girl. I do love like the Fourth of July here. Like, I like that's one of like my husband and I's favorite holidays. But like, do I need to go spend the Fourth of July in Poland? Yeah. I feel like I would have a better time. And have me there. Yeah. I feel like like they'd be really nice to me. And I am... I am on the opposite end where I'm like a take it or... I could take it or leave it with 4th of July. But like... Oh my god. Yeah, we're going to Poland. Right? And I'm going to learn to love 4th of July from Polish From people? Polish, yeah. Like, apparently. Because they're very sweet. Yeah, like, apparently that's where we're at. Love that. Yeah. All and right. I'm going to take it and like... Uh, uh, like way downwards. I was gonna oh, like okay. not not in a bad way. I mean like like geographically. Down, oh okay. Down. We are going south. Yes, we are going <laughs> south to Ethiopia. Oh my god, I love, love Ethiopia. Ethiopia. We did yeah. not know that we loved Ethiopia until the now Queen we of Sheba episode. Giant we love fans. I told Maddie earlier today that I like deeply regret not giving her the Ethiopian portion because right off the bat, Sheba is mentioned. Sheba. And if you've been around a little while, you know that Maddie did an incredible episode on her, but her involvement in this is actually pretty brief. So it it ended up being okay that I stole this one from you. That one, again, I said it the whole episode. I was like, oh, um, you should have done the Queen of Sheba. (laughs) I loved that one. So I, and like everything that was written in this mead book about the Queen of Sheba. Like, I was like, I knew this because Maddie told me. He's, like, like, so clearly and perfectly. The point is, it's like both of us have, like, this deep-rooted love of Ethiopia now that we never knew that we had up until all of it. love Ethiopia. Google it. Look at some pictures. Like, what are we, Queen of Sheba? Um, But, yeah, her involvement is fairly brief, but basically what our source speculates is that mead could have played a role in the Ark of the Covenant being taken to Ethiopia. Oh, yeah, because it's there. Yep, it is there. that in the episode. Uh Uh, But before we touch on that, I'm going to talk about Tej and what a huge, huge role it has in Ethiopian culture. Tej. So Tej is what you and I, for the most part, know as mead. Just with one slight difference, Tej includes a medicinal herb called Gesho. So Gesho works as a bittering agent in the mead, working the same job that hops does in beer. What? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Emily pauses to take a swig of her uh, hops form. (laughs) Of my hops mead that I am currently drinking. Um, So Tej's ties to Ethiopian culture is so strong. There is isn't this is so cool maddie you will like this there isn't a universal recipe to tej most recipes possessed and used by modern ethiopians have been passed down generation to generation that's my they're all like family recipes god why don't Mm -hmm. we do that like anymore yeah i mean some people do and if you do god i'm so jealous but there's just like not some like universal like okay but like in general if you want to make tej no everyone (sighs) makes it differently it's family by family like And you know that, like, those families, like, come here, child, you're at an age now where I can teach you how to Can finally teach you how, and, like, yeah, otherwise, like, I'm not, yeah. Like, no outsiders are going to get to know. It is, like, just our family. It is, like, for us. But that makes, like, each batch unique and with its own specific family history. That is, like, the rest. Oh, and it's a family history. Oh, my God. No. I love it. I can't. 
And in Ethiopia, there are bars that serve Tej and only Tej. Like, mead bars. so cool. Just oh mead God. bars. Oh, my God. Um, and they're called Tej Bets. Tej Bets. Which is really fun to say. Yeah, Tej, tej Bets. Tej um, Unfortunately, women are not allowed into Tej Bets. Motherfucker. So. Even when Maddie and I finally get to go to Ethiopia, I know. we may or may not even be able to go into a Teshbet, but we're going to fucking try. No, I'm going to like stand Catch outside like a like underage, like minor at a gas station and be like, hey, you going in there? Yeah, can, I, can, I, can I come in with you? I'll give you Me with my bucks. fake mustache on. Like, <laughs> and we go walking in. I am men. We're so, so masculine. Yeah. <laughs> we don't stand Yes, I am going to mow the lawn yeah. after this. And be like, bitch, what the fuck? You have a breast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what you're talking about, <laughs> Tesh. Um, but there are also... Glasses made specifically for just holding Tej. Oh my god. Yeah, just like, you know, a wine glass and stuff. But there's ones for Tej. Ah. And I found some for sale online. Oh my god. And I want one so bad to drink all of our Grenfell meat out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. They look like potion bottles. Mm. They're like, the base of it is very round. And then it goes up into a really narrow neck. Oh my god, I was thinking of something like bulbous, you know? It's very bulbous. Yes. Um... And I've seen ones with, like, engravings on the side yes. and stuff. They're so cool. God, me to just sitting there in a rotund vessel. Yeah. Oh, and the like way that it's, like, there. you know, like, the way that you hold, like, a goblet or a wine glass, like, yeah, between like the your fingers. Yeah. yeah. They do that with oh the God. Tej containers like this. And you kind of clink it and, like, swig it back like this. If you want to see someone drinking out, like, in a Tej bet, drinking Tej from a Tej container. I do. Um, Anthony Bourdain visited Ethiopia with this world-renowned Ethiopian chef, Ugh. and they went to a Tej bet together Ugh. in um, in Anthony Bourdain's uh, Parts Unknown. I love him. God rest Yeah, I love that show. Love, love so that episode. Um, it's on YouTube, guy. so you can, you can find it, the Ethiopian episode. Um, but, yeah, so Tej, unlike in ancient Rome, is a beverage for all. So peasants and princes alike have consumed Tej, and they regular regularly all preferred it over wine. Also, Tej can keep for years. Love that. Yeah. Like, not even, it, it's not even like a, it keeps for years because you're aging it. No, not even in the aging process. It just, oh. like, keeps oh, for nice. forever. That's so nice. we're talking, like, 20 plus years. Oh, my God. Yeah. My mom needs that. My mom, like, has, like, canned baked beans in her pantry that expired in like 2017 yeah i'm a canned item yeah yeah and she's like oh it's fine it's on a can i'm like mom i can't like i I, canned things don't go bad did you get this in like 1989 like what i can't Uh, my grandma loves a canned thing or two and she has literally handed me like a soda that was older than myself yeah and i was like oh this is the flattest Dr. Pepper I've ever had right. in my life. But, like, if it's 300 old mead sitting in the bottom of a Polish government building, then fuck me yeah, up. Yeah, baby. Like, if it's Bush's baked beans, like the first round <laughs> that was ever cut back pass. in the 70s, that's uh, I'm going to pass on that, yeah. yeah. No, also, a drink sounds more safe than, like, a food item that yeah. has likely perished. Yeah, no, thank um, But as long as the Tej is made correctly and maintained by mixing in fresh honey when needed... Oh, then yeah, it, it keeps for a very long time. Oh. You just have to maintain it. 
And it sounds so sketch. It's like, oh yeah, once it like starts to get like sour, then you just mix in some fresh honey. It's like, that sounds like it's going to make me have the shits. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> sure. Yeah. If that's what you I, say I believe do. you. You're the Tej expert, not me. Yeah. Um, the other really interesting thing about Tej that I love is that it is completely original to Ethiopia. While almost everywhere else in the world consumes or has consumed mead, they got the original idea to make it from the Greeks, the yeah. Romans, the yeah. Vikings, not Ethiopia. Ah! They are one of the only places with an ancient mead that has withstood the test of time oh and is God, also dude. completely unique to them in their culture. Like the way they make it, like the ingredients yeah. that they use. Um, of course, times have changed and drinks and cultures are far more accessible across the globe. So there are now many wineries that make Tej. So I would die of happiness if Grenfell ever partnered up with an Ethiopian Tej maker. Like, oh, could man. you fucking imagine? No, and I like cannot. sold it. I, I'm dying to know what it tastes like. God, like, why is Ethiopia so, so fucking cool? cool. So, so cool. cool. But, like, I really want to know what Tej tastes like, right? But yeah. since Gesho is similar to hops in a way, I wonder if it tastes something <gasps> like the Grenfell mead I'm drinking right now. Your fave. Which happens to be my favorite. Emily fucking loves the hops more. Yep, so it is much. the hops mead. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I do like, oh, it makes me so excited to think like that. Maybe it could taste like something even remotely similar. Like, oh, that's so exciting to me. Oh my um, god, that is so fucking cool. Dude. Yeah. Either way, Grenfell friends, please, like, if you're listening, find a Tej maker. Yeah, they're out there. And, yeah, oh my gosh. Oh, Grenfell with a like a professional maker of Tej in their hands would like do such great things. Um, but really quick before I finish off my talk about Ethiopian mead, is uh let's bring it back to Sheba. Sheba. So if you remember from Maddie Sheba episode, the Queen of Sheba wanted to meet King Solomon because he's so wise. Mm, so wise. And when she went to go meet him, very long journey, she brought a ton of gifts along with her. She did. One gift <gasps> being Tej. That she would use to toast Solomon. Oh, my God. Could it be that Tej was the elixir that helped along the yes. Queen of Sheba and yes. King Solomon's brief love affair? Yes. Yes, 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 yes. I, I don't know. A love affair which produced their son. Yeah. The son who, after visiting his father, brought the Ark of the Covenant from Israel to yeah. Ethiopia, yeah. where yeah. it rumors to still reside? Yeah, 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 Perhaps. yeah. Perhaps. He was conceived Perhaps. in Mead. Um... Yeah, his they amniotic were fluid of, was mead. It was all Tej up in there. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Um, oh, I love that. It, it's all just rumor and gossip, but I, I guess. But you know, if you ask me, I'm gonna say absolutely, absolutely. But who knows where that story would have gone without the aid of Tej, aka Mead? Yeah. So it would have yeah. gone. Yeah. There you go. There's your little brief history on Ethiopian oh mead. Ethiopia is so cool. And it's so beautiful. You guys, seriously, if nothing else, take like the five seconds to Google image Ethiopia. If you it's haven't been there, if you haven't worldly. seen images of it before, like, otherworldly. Just, just look it up. Yeah. Is absolutely yeah. incredible. I love like the geographical zigzag 
we're doing right now because right. now we're popping all Whoop. the way back up to Russia. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Here we go. Ooh, yay. Okay. With Russia. So we're going to kick this one off with some good old drama because Russian history good, is good. a gossip lover's fucking goldmine. Mm. Um, I have a Russian episode coming up this season, actually. And so we'll hear like yay. all about it. But this story starts off with Vladimir the Great. Okay. So he is the one who decided that Russia's no longer going to worship pagan gods like their ancestors had done. They're all going to be Christians. Oh, yeah. okay. Here yep. we go. They're, they're going to do it. Everyone get on board or get, get out. out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's so what they're saying. He's like, listen, Christianity is working really well for like a lot of places. I'm looking around sure. like the all-powerful Byzantine Empire right now is like flourishing and they're rooted in christianity hate them <laughs> but i'm gonna go ahead and like give it a shot interesting know? okay yep that's and one so, way to go about it yeah like he doesn't like the byzantine empire but they're doing well he's like well they have something to it it must be religion. it must be their religion yep so now I mean, he's like all about yeah. it he was pagan the other day but now he is like nope pagans are bloodthirsty cults and i'm converting this whole giant ass fucking country to christianity and it's totally going to unify us and thereby making us a more powerful nation and no one's going to fuck with us okay the logic choices is logic. are made yep and like you know it didn't really matter even if people believed in Christianity or not because he Vladimir was so ruthless and so feared that people are just gonna go ahead and put on the front of being Christians even if they're still practicing like pagan stuff yeah right? you know if your name's Vladimir people are scared of you they are there's like, at least one dozen people who are scared of you if your name is Vladimir um yes retweet yeah and so Vlad. he's yeah so like the impaler every, yeah, that, yeah, he's coming up, like, mm -hmm. after this guy, right? Like, yeah. Denny Vladimir, you know? Vlad. They're, they're a scary guy. Um, and so, yeah, people are like, okay, well, whatever. I can, like, put on the front, look like a Christian, cross myself, and then I'm going to go, like, sacrifice a goat in my backyard to the gods. For sure, like, for sure, Whatever, for sure. right? Yeah. Do what you got to do, bro. So here's where drama enters the chat. So there's a tongue going on here politically, right? But in true spill the meat fashion... We're only going to give you the juicy parts. We're skipping over all this politics. That's what we do here. Mm -hmm. If this story interests you, definitely look into it further. But we are just here to, like, spark your interest and right. stuff. Yeah. Like, we're, you know, I hope that someone will hear a little juicy tidbit in one of our episodes and, like, go off down a rabbit hole oh, and, like, yeah. find your Anne. Oh, find your Anne Boleyn if you haven't already, you know? But here's the spill-worthy version. So... The reigning Byzantine emperor at this time was Emperor Basil. Oh. And he was away in Kiev. And while he was away in Kiev, some Byzantine general just, like, declared himself emperor while he was gone. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Very Kamehameha-esque, right? Like, yep. oh, like, the guy in charge is gone? I'm in charge now. <laughs> you know? It's just, like, the seat is empty and he's doing, like, a little, like, awkward, yeah. like, like halfway sidestep into the yeah. <laughs> into the chair and he's like well i guess it's me now and people yeah. are like fuck god damn no it here looking. we go again man i yeah. guess yeah i guess it is you and so basil gets word of this in kiev away from home and he's like backed into a corner he has oh. low funds he's not at home oh no kiev at this point is under the control of vladimir right mm -hmm. and so he has no choice 
but to ask his usually an enemy, you know, yeah. for help. Like, mm-hmm. he's got to. And this was a hard pill to swallow, you know, but what can you do? Vladimir, is he is he going to make this easy on him? Absolutely fucking not. Because if we've learned anything on this podcast, it's that, oh, he is in such a good position to bargain. It is so good to be the needed one. Like, go yeah. back to Ferdinand and Isabella. Man, look at that episode. Like, oh, you need me? So I get to make these crazy fucking demands for you? And you just have to comply. You have like, no what choice. Other cho- yeah, what other choice do you, you have? have no you have no choice. To so here comes Basil, and he's like, fucking shit. Like, here I go. Like, I'm going to have to beg. Like, Vladimir, please help me. And Vladimir's like, oh, do you need help? Yeah, for sure. I'm totally going to help you. Like, God, this would suck. Like, you're away. This guy comes in. Like, where does he get off? I'm going to help. I'm just going to need to marry your sister, Anna. And then I'll take care of all of this for you. And like... Well, yeah, this is like a really big ask for like a whole bunch of reasons. First yeah. of all, it's like super forward. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, second of all, like Russia's a huge country, and they just switched to Christianity, like just now. Like yeah. Vladimir was like, "Hey, we're all Christians now." You yeah. Know? Um. So as far as the Byzantine Empire is concerned, like they have been Christians for a very long time. This whole country is still pagans, barbarians even. Like he's yeah. fucking looking over at Vladimir with like his unibrow like licking his lip and shit. He's like, "Oh my god, I god, can't get let the you fuck away from my marry sister. my blue blood sister." Yeah. Like, "Ew, dude, like you're unworthy." Yeah. And Vladimir knew all of this and he was probably loving this shit because again, Basil doesn't have a choice. Yeah, he's like, oh, so what are you going to do? You're going to say no. Okay, yeah, bye. Yeah, okay, well then like fucking sit here and yeah. don't have a country? Yeah. Not my problem. Like, like that that's really what it's like, the, what it takes to to sweeten the deal a little bit. Um, The other person in the hunt for Anna's hand in marriage was, oh, I don't know, the Holy Roman Emperor. Oh, shit. So you have barbarian Vladimir sitting here being like, no, I'm going to marry your sister. The Holy Roman Emperor is already in line. They were talking about it. Oh, like they were man. working it out, you know? Oh. And like, I love it because the book, the book said this, it points it out, quote, the destiny of the world would once again come down to the decisions made by men about the fate of a pretty woman. Oh, End my quote. God. And Anna's literally, Anna's just sitting over there. Sitting over there like, Fucking men, bro. Yeah, like, like, my God, what a pissing match. Yeah, like, this is I, so annoying. Just fucking pick so I can decide to what degree I'm going to hate my life now. Yeah, like, please tell me, like, what in what way I have to brace myself to hate the man that I'm going to marry. Yeah. Like, is God. it barbarian style oh. or is it Pope style? I don't know. Or Holy Roman Emperor style. Yeah. You know, like, which one? Reason number 5,028 of why I would not want to be royalty or high nobility back in the day back in any day it's hard it's hard want to be the daughter of a rich merchant um yeah there you go is the plan the goal well luckily for vladimir he wants to be no one but vladimir because basil had no choice he had to agree he's like fine (sighs) you can marry my sister sucks 
sign this uh, paper, whatever. It sucks more for your sister than anybody else, but yeah. Well, and it's embarrassing for him, you know, like this pagan country it and like sucks. now like his sister, like this is not great, but it's like not it's not looking good. That or lose your country, right? Yeah. And Vladimir is like, you promise? He's like, yeah, I promise. He's like, cool. Snap. 6,000 Russian men sent out to the Byzantine Empire. Um, defeated, killed the usurper. All of that was taken At least care. it was effective. Could you imagine if he was like, yeah, like, okay, we'll help now. And they like just... Just bombed it. We're demolished. Just fucking biffed it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> He's like, well, I still get your sister, right? He's like, <laughs> like are you no. fucking kidding me right now? Yeah. Like, oh, At wow, least, no. like, no. When he was like, okay, great. Oh, yeah. Deal's done. Here we go. It's 6, taken care people. of. Boom, bing, done. Bing, boom. Yep. And after this whole defeat, like usurper killed and all of that, so many battles followed. And one of the battles that was a direct result from this whole thing marked the beginning of the end of the Byzantine Empire. Which, like, we're not here to talk about Whoa. that. But, like, this is how important, like, this whole event was. All these, like, surrounding events, yeah. Yeah. And so um, Vladimir is, again, he's, like, going to make Russia Christian, right? Yeah. So he will orchestrate one of the most celebrated moments in Russian history, which is this mass baptism. Where he ordered every single person to meet up at a river in Kiev at the same time on pain of being his enemy. Like, he had people scouting out to make sure everyone fucking made their way to this river. Okay, Hunger Games. It, yeah, and all of them, like, did this, like, dunk underwater. Which, like, I don't, like, there's something about that, baptism works. I don't know. Like, I, like, I, Christians. yeah, it does, it does seem like it needs <laughs> Talk to, to be, like, kind of one-on-one. But, like, is it, know, like, like, a priest, like, supposed it to does, do uh, it? It does, I... I was I don't baptized. Know. My, my soul's going to hell. Day. I was not. So I don't yeah, know. Well, I, was I back, don't know what the thing Back is. in the day, I was like raised very Christian. I was baptized in the ocean, actually. And it was like, yeah, like the priest is with you and they like put your hands and they're talking to you and it's like a personal thing. And then they put their hand on your forehead like dunk you. It's like a very personal thing. I do thing. have a memory of my brother being baptized. So I do remember yeah, him in the river. Is, yeah. yeah, this is like a mass thing. And so they did yeah, have like, I'm like I feel like religious officials okay. there and stuff. But anyways, it's overseeing like this, the mass baptism yeah, like, like my hand is metaphorically on i don't know like right it's now. so fucking weird like some part of me is like i don't know like that's kind of cool like i'm not i'm that's not about like, like i'm not like about like forcing your country to like be one religion or anything yeah but, like, i don't think that's the move there is just something honest. like i don't know if i was there like i'm not like religious i understand religion and like i understand like why people are religious and all of that like and i respect it like for sure i'd like respect pretty much every religion but like so not even on like a religious scale just something about like the camaraderie of it all you know like we're all out there and we all dunk underwater at the same time and pop up like i'm not religious right now but like if like biden was like hey everyone's gonna meet up in like their biggest state lake and we're all gonna dunk underwater together as like this symbol of solidarity i'd be like okay like i don't know the thing is is at least if i'm angry like i'm looking around and a lot of other people are angry with me and so it's like camaraderie in like every sense yeah like even the people who are fucking (laughs) pissed we're all pissed together babes yeah right yeah Yeah, there you go and like i mean you had to do it because if not like you're his enemy you don't want to be his enemy yeah so everyone did again like jesus christ pagans were still pagans like yeah it's you didn't really have to like russia's a very big country with very remote places where people live like 
you can show up to this baptism and like go back home and pretty much do whatever you mm-hmm. know for a long time and like russia would for a long time this was like the first russia's going to turn very orthodox you know? yeah uh-huh. but this is like before all of that and like there's still a lot of pagan people out there but like this mass baptism happened mm-hmm. and everyone's probably like literally why does any of this matter where does the mead come in and let me tell you russia is a vodka nation. Mm-hmm. We know yeah. that. Um, they, today, don't drink mead. It is so hard to find in Russia. Like, it's not a common okay. thing. Um, even the, the book that we have, at the end of every country's chapter, they have, like, recipes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a little disclaimer that says, like, you can't really find Russian mead, so just use whatever mead you have. Oh, like, Jesus. Okay. It doesn't exist there anymore. Yeah. But they earned a chapter in this book, right? So they have For some something. reason. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a lot of that, that's why we had to talk about Vladimir, right? Because yeah. he was a barbarian, and he did not drink vodka. He did not drink beer. He did not drink wine. He exclusively drank mead. And so oh. this was... The time in history when Russia was drinking mead. Like, he's Vladimir the First. Yeah, Yeah, Vladimir the Great. He's a major Russian figure. Oh, yeah. And he woke up in the morning and chose mead. Okay. Yeah, like, that's what he was doing. Same. But now, like, again, Russia doesn't drink mead anymore. But they do contribute to mead on a much more meta scale. Which, like, we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Vlad, Vladimir the First was likely the first person, if not one of the very first Russians, to drink mead. Like, that was, like, his thing. Yeah. So, at this mass baptism, after, there was this giant party because Russians. Like, we're all Mm going to, like, give our souls to God in, like, this big symbolic event and then get drunk, you know? Like, love that. Yeah. Um... I, I have, like, a little bit of Russian blood in me. So, like, ayo. Yeah. But um, mead was not only loved by Vladimir, but, like, the Russian people at this time drank it too, right? Like, their leader was drinking it. And people especially loved to drink mead in Russia along rivers. Certain rivers. One of those rivers being that river in Kiev, right? Okay, That yeah. was, like, a big place where people go to drink. Yeah. yeah. And so everyone went in the river, dunked themselves, came out, and Drinkin just, like, always sit off of yeah. mead. I love that. Um, for like some, you know, nice, like post baptism renewal relaxation. Yeah. Right? yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, have some mead. Like, oh God, man. Like, river mead is like a vibe. Like, hell yeah. We live in like a river state. Like, I our, just said my brother was baptized in a river. In a river. <laughs> like, our like, cat, we live like in the capital city. Like, there's like a river flowing through it. Like, rivers are a big deal. We float yeah. the rivers for fun in the summer. All the time. Yeah. yeah, like, go and hang out by them and like, God, mead, dude. Like, Grimfeld mead, mead in the Mead by the river or on, specifically on, on the, the river. river, sitting in a tube. Ass in the water. Me last week in a kayak. Oh, mm, God. Even that was better. If you yep. had a cup holder mm. in that kayak, just, like, have some, like... You, you stow it. You side. stow it in the cooler. Yeah, God. Put it in a camel's back, you know? Oh, like, just, hell yeah. Oh, God. Like, suck it out of a backpack. Such a, such a summer drink. Um, Vladimir was also known as Fierce Warrior, and so best after battle drink is mead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is now a vodka powerhouse... 
Russia was once a mead nation. Where wheat was the number one agricultural harvest, honey was number two at one point. Wow, okay. It dropped off the market. Again, it's like a lot of politics and like taxing mostly. Okay, taxing does come up. At yeah. some point, and I don't mention it, but in the English-American yeah. I was going to say, I didn't mention it. Taxing either, was like, something that, like, affected yeah, meat production. That's, like, where, where it all kind of went away. But Russians also began beekeeping and farming honey, honey like, just for mead. Okay. So, like, a fun fact about Russian mead is they started back when Russia had mead. They formed, like, two categories of it. And, like, wine, they separated it into red and white mead. Whoa, what? Yeah. So, like, I mean, it's honey wine after all, right? Yeah. So, um, the white, they would use, like, a white honey in river water. Okay. They would, like, boil it in a kettle, skim it, strain it through linen, yep. pour it in an open vessel, add whatever lingering beer yeast they had left over. Okay. And then they would throw some Russian honey bread on top and just leave it there to ferment. And then after that, they would place it into barrels, and there's your there's your white meat. All right. So for your red, you have honey and water. You boil and fermented it, but you boil the red way down. Like oh. it starts as at about sixty two gallons, and you boil it down to sixteen. Oh my so. god! Like you most of it is like just gone. Yeah. One is and concentrated. Concentrated AF. Then you cool it down. You add the yeast, sand, fish gelatin to clarify it, and then you start adding the yummies. Cinnamon, cloves, Ooh, okay. other I, spices. You had oh. lost me at the fish jelly. You brought oh me right God. back with the cinnamon. This the, this is my type mm-hmm. right here. Like fall spices always. Um, then they would add berries to like give it the red color, right? They also had like a raspberry mead, oh, which was for whatever uh, reason yes. classified separately. Like they had white mead, red mead, and raspberry mead. I don't okay. know. But um, I get it. I love raspberries. Oh so my god, I'm here so for much! That. Like it was the same as like the red honey, you know, or the red mead. Like they would add honey and water, boil, fermented. But after this one was already mead, mm-hmm. it was already a red mead. Then they added cinnamon, wine. And then the raspberries and cardamom. And then they were all mixed together. Again, that's my fucking type. That yeah. Red, Russian oh, red yeah. dude. Oh, my God. Spiced everything. And they would, like, warm it up and, like, drink it. Oh, Ooh, Jesus Christ. Like mold. And, oh. oh, God, yeah. So Russians from all classes were, like, drinking meat at one point. Like, again, pagans were still out there like doing their thing like out in the forest no one can stop them (laughs) yeah um they were like pouring some out to their gods like it was the nectar of the gods Mm -hmm. after all but nobles were drinking it too and they were drinking it out of these gaudy golden goblets and what would be called a kovsh okay yes so a kovsh was a special drinking ladle that was used only for mead and like a couple very specific beers but like mostly mead. So these kovsh were a big deal. I'm going to post pictures of them. Like they were a big deal. I'm going to tell you a little about a little bit about them. So the white mead was only served out of these silver, like real silver kovsh. And it, it almost looks like a seashell type thing. Ooh. And like, and you just like sip it out of that. Ooh. Um, yeah. The red was sipped out of a gold one. Again, oh. the red is my fucking vibe, dude. Like, uh- 
the Russians already. understand an aesthetic here. No, they like, do. Like the white with the silver mm-hmm, and the gold mm-hmm. with the red. Like, ugh, yes. Oh, God. And yes, yes, we've, yes, yes. we've all seen like Imperial, like Russian stuff. Like yeah. they go big. And so these, these drinking vessels were so elaborate. They were often like gifted to foreign dignitaries and they were inscribed with like personal messages a lot of the time oh, and like laden cute. with like sapphires and rubies like they Ooh. were like and you're just like sipping meat out of it oh yeah. yeah because russia yeah and like these were given as gifts a lot and so like maybe mead was given along with it yeah. too like i don't know but it was just as precious as the viking drinking horn just as iconic like gosh we need every coach. way yeah yeah like, we need every vessel horn, for mead we need the the shoe the tej yep the woman's shoe I'll drink the, me the out shoe, of your shoe. You drink the it out Tej of bottle. All of it. The Cove. Sh- we need all of it. Yeah. And so, gosh, so Russia's going to go on to have a really rich and extensive history in beekeeping. And they're going to make, like, really huge strides in bee breeding. Because Whoa. let me fucking tell you, no one can breed a bee like the Russians. Right. So the meta way in which Russia impacts the world of mead is by doing like, (laughs) in my opinion, like the most Russian thing I've ever heard of in my whole life. Mm -hmm. They are going to breed a Russian super bee, which like, those are technically my words, like the Russian super bee thing, but hear me out. It's a super bee. Okay. So the Russian bee, not super bee, just the Russian bee, was introduced to the New World in the 1800s, and people loved it. Yeah. Like, okay, yeah. It was, they preferred it because it's a very docile bee. Mm-hmm. And it's a sweet bee. It's a very sweet bee. Um, but the Russians were like, no, we need more. We need more out of this bee. And they were just, like, determined to create this honeybee that would be an overall better producing honeybee and be the greatest honeybee hybrid that this world has ever seen. Like they're this flying is like, too close to the sun here. Yeah, they're playing God a little bit, yeah. but they're like they've assigned to themselves this mission, and now they're okay. going to do it. And <laughs> like they're taking it really seriously. One contemporary at the time wrote, "Quote: It was clear to me on my visit that the Soviet Union has a greater variety of useful material for bee breeding than any other country in the world." End quote. Like they're gathering shit. They're they're fucking. Breeding oh yes, bees. absolutely. Like, they're doing this like. They're like setting moons, they're lighting candles, they're putting music on. Oh, like, yeah. They're lubing in tree, they're doing this. Yeah. So, like, this is a huge point of pride for them. Like, they want to improve the overall bee stock and, like, really do this. So, the indigenous bees were doing well, they noted. But, like, they were doing the best they can, but they were so vulnerable to mites that it was, like, a problem. Okay, yep. In reviewing all the bee types, I have heard of the mite issue. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they first bred bee hybrids to help improve the little bee health and thus like produce more harvest. You know, they wanted them to be more a resilient to mites. Yeah. yeah. A healthy bee is get out of here, a healthy mites. bee. Yeah. yeah. No, get out of here. Um, and so the USSR would go on to develop through this whole thing, the long tongued gray mountain bee. Which was a great bee indeed. Okay. Like this was like a this is a good bee. I don't love the long tongue aspect, but no, I'm still here for no, it. No, 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 yeah, no, the long tongue is like a this is a good thing about the bee because this bee could extract nectar way deeper into the blossoms of flowers than any other bee out there. That's pretty impressive. Yeah, oh yeah. And yeah. like other countries 
or like standing back looking at like this little like Russian super bee. And, and they're like, like what um, that tongue do? Yeah. And then like that bee is like, it do this. And, they're, <laughs> and they were like, oh, we need that bee. Yeah. Like, ooh, I need that. That's the it bee. Oh, that's the bee. And so Denmark, Poland, Argentina, France, Romania, Sweden, all of them ordered these bees. Okay. Like in mass. Like yeah. we need the Russian super bee. We need it. And they got it. And after a year, they all reported just phenomenal things about this bee. The, like the, the one, the Ministry of Agriculture stated that the Grey Mountain Bee produced upwards of 100 pounds more honey per year than any other regular Holy colony. shit. Yeah. And so, okay, petty gossip. Like, yeah. I, I, don't, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why they did Tell this. Me. Like, I, I, yeah, I just, I love it. It's petty. Um... For some reason, like, when they wrote this report, they're like, oh, yeah, like, the Russian Grey Mountain Bee is so great. Like, all these places have it, and it's doing a great job. For some reason, they, like, decided to directly compare it to, like, the USA production. So they're like, oh, yeah, like, the Russian Bee and, like, all these places producing 100 pounds of honey. The U.S. only produces, like, 49 pounds. How fucking pathetic. 100 over here for everyone else. Woo! And, like, just oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. You know, which is, like, oh, shit. Truth hurts, man. And so, like, it, again, like, just for, like, the side gossip, like, it was this weird fucking pissing match, like, in the world of, like, <laughs> God, bees. first the moon, now the bees. No, yeah, and, like, America's responding, literally calling, like, bragging, like, the term bragging is being thrown around, and everyone's like, oh, you're just mad that you only have, like, less than half the production that we do, and they're, like, America's over here, like, we don't want your fucking weird super bee, like, we're fine with our bees, like, fuck your bee, we don't want your bee, like, our bees are fine, we love our bees. Like, get fucked. Do you? You seem a little insecure. Yeah, um, long story short, we get the bee. We uh, got the Russian yeah, super bee. No. Um, okay, sorry, this is like a little side tangent. But have you heard about the whole bridge situation that happened back with Russia and the U.S.? There's like a little town in the U.S. that needed a bridge repaired. And so they went and they're like, hey, town in the U.S., you need to fix this bridge. And they're like, nah. They're like, <laughs> No, no, boo. You have to. Like, we need to fix it. They're like, no, we're not going to. We don't have the money. And they're like, okay. So they fucking write a letter to Russia. They're like, you want to fix this bridge for us? Yeah. And Russia's like, sure. Yeah, why not? <laughs> so yeah, they, they sent someone out. And then the US obviously was like, well, this is fucking embarrassing. Yeah. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. We'll do it. it. Like, oh, will you? No, you're going to do it. And Russia's like, okay, guess we let, uh, guess we can just leave. So Russia, like, that was such a win-win scenario for them. They didn't have to build shit. It was embarrassing <laughs> for yeah. the U.S. period that they came out at all. That, that is... like, it even had to be considered that some other fucking country that doesn't even like our country yeah. is going to come out here and, like, try to fix a bridge for us because, like, it makes us look so small and sad. It's like, oh, That oh, is, like, man. <laughs> the literal, like, strategy that I pull when I want, like, some major house project done and my Same. husband hasn't started it, so now I'm... I'm going to go start it and he's going to come home and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Don't do this. Fine. Whatever. I'm just going to do it right no, now. No. Kind of thing. My tactic was always, oh, I'm going to have my dad come and do it. 
He's oh like, oh, your God. dad's going to, no, 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 I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Cause I'm not going to have your dad come over here and be looking at me like, why the fuck aren't you doing this yeah, for like, her? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's so interesting. Why am I here? I thought that this would, my job here would be done yeah. <laughs> once you guys were married, but here I am. And, and yeah, that, that was my tactic, yeah, my very gosh. toxic tactic, but you know what? It gets shit it done gets just shit like it does. Done. If you get out the power tools and start just grabbing whatever. a random bunch of them and yeah. just start having them make noises. I have a literally not even put an attachment on a power drill before because I don't fucking know how. I'm not a you just go, person. Rrr, I literally rrr, just like pull the trigger and he's like, what are you fucking doing? I I'm actually like, just, I'm going to do this thing. Oh, no. See, I just <laughs> don't have the patience. 99% of the time, I just end up doing things myself. Yeah, you're I'm very like, I don't want to, like, wait for people to come home and, like, go and grab the tools. and No, I'm just going to fucking do it. I'll fix the dryer myself. Yeah, I you're very handy. Very I am not. Yeah, our dryer is broken right now, and you should see my house. Like, I have um, children's clothes hung all over everything. I have them, like, oh, tucked God. into the blinds. Oh, like, Jesus hanging Christ. off of lamps. Like, anything high enough that See, that, that sounds way worse than, to. like, taking that dryer apart. Like, no, that, no because, like, butt, like, there's something about my weird little, like, history-loving soul where I'm just, like, draping laundry over that, things Okay, that house. is. Do you have, <laughs> I would have, like, twine. I might have, like, twine, like, across oh, my whole house, like, crisscrossing. I was, like, for with, like, sure wearing, like, an ankle-length linen skirt. Oh, just, like, swishing around, absolutely. like, hanging laundry around <laughs> Maddie's, like, Maddie's husband comes home, and she's got, like, the washing board and, like, a big old... Like barrel, like oh. scrubbing the clothes, and he's yeah. like, "Oh God, is our washer out too?" And she's like, "No, no, I'm just like, this all is in just it. for fun." Yeah, like yeah. the Dutch <laughs> ovens on the fire pit outside. Yeah, like, like slapping the clothes down yeah, to clean like them. Yeah, a deer hanging like off the porch in the backyard. <laughs> Skin. Like, a lot's <laughs> like, oh, happening Jesus. here. Yeah, is uh, everything broken? No, no, this is for fun. Yeah. I'm, like, I'm also making our own mead. It's the aesthetic. In a jug. Yeah. Is it going to be as good as Grenfell? No. no. Yeah, no. Are the clothes going to be as well washed as the washing machine? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. Yep. But we make sacrifices. Sometimes. Long story short, America gets the Russian super bee, and they're like still here and doing really well. Good for them. Um, yeah, they're represented today by many queens across North and South America. Great. So good for the bees. Um, mead may not be the main drink in Russia. Like obviously, it's vodka. In fact, mead is very hard to find in Russia. But they were once a mead drinking people, but now they're out here helping pollinate the world, which is good like bees are. Yeah, and all the Russian bee is very docile with a very long tongue. Yeah. And like, that's what... Love a docile bee too. Yeah. Like, but that's beautiful for them. That's yeah. beautiful for us. We love a docile bee with a long tongue. Oh, I love, we a, love bee. a docile anything with a I long tongue. I don't love the Africanized killer bees, but you know what? Besides that, love a bee. Love a bee. Love a bee. All right. Well, last ones. This was oh, like bring a... Bring it home. Yeah. Man. It was a joint chapter on england and america but then it was split in a way um so i have not looked up the pronunciations for any of these names just warning you going forward and um i don't feel like looking them up right now okay but it's england so you know what these are my people yeah. so i'm just insulting my own people at least and not someone else's so there we go. Yeah, I, f I We're feel like... We're going to mispronounce some shit today. I feel like 
you're not going to be that far off. And if you're so far off that people feel the need to comment on it on I would social love media, to know. The view is a view. Exact moment at 2 a.m. I don't really feel like looking it up, so yeah, I'm no. not going to. That so is there fair. you go. I'm that giving you that. Yeah. It should be like noted that Emily and I were like, oh my gosh, and like it's just a book with like this many pages on easy everything. This is going to be like a short. God, I hope we have enough for this episode, and here we are. Yeah, we were like, <laughs> do we need it? Well, we need to look up extra information. Yeah. Like that was literally something no. we considered. Yeah, no, here we are, two parts in, and <laughs> each part is an hour and a half long. So, no, we're doing great time-wise. We're doing great. Okay. Um, but these are these are very short. So, England. Moving on to England, one of the more stereotypical homes of Mead. I mean, I, when I think of Mead, I do think of England, honestly. Uh, the Vikings, yes. But, like, also England. And, you know, they tie in together. They do. And England has, like, a... Um, and as I mentioned before, Mead has its origins in a Roman Empire ran Britain. Because, you know, like England, it has its ties with the Vikings. It yeah. has its ties with the Roman Empire because it was once like kind of part of the Roman Empire and stuff. There's so. still Roman roads in England. Today. Exactly. And like yeah. bridges and stuff. Exactly. Ugh. The Roman Empire was fucking huge. Romans were fucking around. Yeah. Um, so England has a complicated history with Mead, like in the instance of King Vortigern. So this king of Britain has a peace meeting with the Saxon leader, Hengeist. And after being served copious amounts of wine, ale, and mead, Hengeist, or, uh, Vort- Vortigern supposedly fell in love with Hengeist's daughter, okay. demanding her hand in marriage. Alrighty. But this did not bring peace between the groups. Oh. So this Forced is... marriage, really? No. Yeah, no. Didn't do it. Five years later, another peace meeting is held where Hengeist again supplied the group with large amounts of mead. And when everyone was just all good and drunk, Hengeist signaled to his men to kill them all. Oh! He Catherine de Medici. He Catherine de Medici. Or Ikiak uh, Red Wedding, um, which they did. They, they killed them all. So they ended up killing up to 500. British men. Whoa. Um, they did not kill Vortigern himself. They they did some negotiations. Okay. But uh, everyone else is basically dead. Um, a poem about the incident states, this is just like a f- interesting little quote, conceive the intoxication at the great banquet of Mead, conceive the deaths in the great hour of necessity. Ooh. It's fucking... Ominous as yeah, fuck. That's like and deep. Yeah. My Scorpio moon's like, <laughs> yeah, like, like ejaculating <laughs> everywhere. Yeah. Yes. Um and the author of this book, Maddie and I read Minnick, also stated in his book that the English would drink me to prepare for great battles, yeah. which you mentioned previously. Um and includes another poem excerpt, which I'm going to read now as well. This one's a little bit longer, so I'm just going to read it straight from the book. Do it. Yeah, 196. Let me find the page. Long God, list, I like, would really have fast. to have, like, I would say, <laughs> like, have you guys ever played, like, the fun TikTok game of, like, how many shots would I have to have to sleep with this mythical character? You know, like, yes. I would probably have to have, like, two and a half horns of mean to be able to like charge into battle like yes. there is a point of drunk where i could like be like i would do it, it. Let's oh go. yeah you know oh. but it would have 
God, that is right before the blackout point. Like, oh, yeah. there is this precarious level I've got to be at where I'm like, yeah, let's fuck it up if I it die, It would have I to be directly before the blackout state yeah. where, like, you'd barely have to convince me. Yeah. Any time before that, you could not convince me. Yo, yeah, no. And then if I I'm black out, pants, yeah. I mean, I guess you can roll my unconscious body onto the battlefield and, but, and out, hope that yeah. people trip over me or something. Yeah, yeah no. Help. That's probably the way I'm going to be the most helpful to God, blacked out, I would somehow be, like, the last one fucking standing, you know? Yeah, like, right. And then, like, kind of come to in the middle of it all and be like, oh, what happened? I just imagine <laughs> like, covered I? in blood, just, like, coming back to you, like, so that was fun. Yeah. <laughs> what like, just happened? Oh, God, if you have a strawberry More mead? Yeah, like, <laughs> Bloody Mary, I'm, like, rocking a mean hangover right now, guys. Any other survivors? You guys want to do brunch? <laughs> brunch? Just Anyone? Antiquing? Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is the antiques. Yeah. <laughs> You're living in it. Yeah. Okay, so here's the little poem. The warriors marched to Catreth, full of words, Bright mead gave them pleasure, their bliss was their bane. The warriors marched to Catrath, full of mead, drunken but firm in array, great the shame. Just fate we deplore for the sweetness of mead in the day of our need. It is our bitterness, blunts all our arms for the strife. It is a friend to the lip and a foe to the life. I drink the Mordai's wine and mead. I drink, and now for that I bleed. Oh. <laughs> Whoa. Stab me, stab me, rip, rip, stab. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> 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 uh, but yeah, and then um, there is a whole thing on like a Gaelic tribe song called the Mead Song, oh. which was prepared for battle. And I tried everywhere to find someone singing this song, but I couldn't, so. Love, love, mean, do. <laughs> love, me like do. Love, 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 me like you do. Love, 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 like you do. That's it. That's Idiot. the song. <laughs> Insert mean somewhere in there. And yeah, that's the song. Touch that's the song me right like there. you do. Touch, touch, touch me like you do. Me like you do. Oh, no. I love it. What are you waiting for? <laughs> I love it so much. I love the puns. I love the puns. <laughs> love me like you do. I'm so excited to see what poem you pick. Oh, I'm excited to see too. Well, it'll just, I think like in the moment when I'm about to post, it's just going to like, one's going to speak to my you, soul yeah. and I'm just yeah. going to know. That's fine. Like, like I will totally down. like follow your meat on this one. <laughs> Better. <laughs> I would love to, like, always respond to you with another pun, but, like, I have an absolute... I have no capacity for puns oh, so in my like, brain. So it's normal. all... That's yeah. what you're saying. Like, you're, like, I, I'm creative. Totally Maddie can also, normal like, person. Maddie can write, like, a mean, like, rhyming poem, too. I, she I did have, like, an interaction with a listener... <laughs> The other day i sent emily like screenshots because oh i respond yeah. on patreon and like the whole thing was just like in random dr seuss rhymes yeah no, and i was like this is the best day perfect. of my life and like i would be like typing it out and like i don't like have 
anything. Yeah. Like, I'm just, like, praying to God, like, by the end of this, like, it ends <laughs> like, up rhyming, works out. And you know? it always yeah. does. And it did, yeah. yeah. That's no, it. that's Such the a thing. dumb fucking skill, but here it is. I mean, you would have been a great poet. You are a Pisces, so the yeah. creativity is just leaking out of you in any way it can. There it is. Like, you some know? people can do taxes, and I can. <laughs> and Maddie knows how to bust a rhyme, baby. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah there absolutely. it is. Or, like, make a stupid that's the Pisces. fucking poem. Yeah, I love them. <laughs> yeah. Um... But yeah, so like in Ethiopia, the British historically have loved Mead no matter their rank. One of the most famous lovers of Mead was Queen Elizabeth I. Oh, who's your mommy? Yeah. <laughs> in fact, a book was published by Charles Butler called The Feminine Monarchy or the History of Bees, ah, where he included a recipe for Mead just for queen elizabeth oh my god whoa a recipe which she used and loved (gasps) Mm -hmm. and the recipe is in this book like written the way that it was in the book and it is like that tutor time period like everything spelled so weird like can we like find the ingredients or no oh yeah Yeah, really yeah i want this i didn't know it's just the process is like a year-long process of like okay Okay. aging it and stuff but like worth it you know for elizabeth yeah for i didn't think for elizabeth she loved it henry the eighth was drinking me did anne drink me like, like probably whoa. if her daughter loved it so much i would assume oh that she God. did but yeah she often consumed this specific recipe of meat so and it's like here so if just wow. saying if you want to feel a little royal drink some fucking meat yeah 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 yeah, yeah that's the best way to feel royal oh god and as tea became popular in england mead began to rise along with it since honey was in greater demand for the tea honey became more available for the production of mead as well. So on that same note, honey makers began to produce even more honey in order to compete with the now more widely available and popular sugar beets. Oh, God, yeah. So sugar cane, sugar beets, like it's all rising and honey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, yeah, the honey farmers are like, oh, fucking shit. Like honey's got to stay relevant. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're just producing the shit out of it. And mead makers are like, hell yeah, no shortage on this stuff. Yeah. Um, by the 18th century, mead was both a tasty tree and considered medicinal, and it was being created and sold commercially. Um, unfortunately, it didn't last. Mead in Europe, or in England, slowly lost popularity Uh as the years went on, and attempts, like, really valiant attempts were made to revive it, like, by whole, like, mead maker societies. God, me! I want to be in this society. Yeah, oh, and it would have, like, a a slight, like, uptick, like, bump for a couple years, and then it was just, like, back down. God damn it, dude. Yep. Why? Which leads us to America. Uh Last one. Yeah. So, leaving that there for now, let's talk about Made in America, and as I'm sure we can all guess, guess since Europe wasn't aware of America's existence for a very long time, me doesn't have the extensive history here that it has in other areas of the world. Um, yeah, we don't have a lot of history. Yeah, because whatever was here, we um, destroyed it. The on, like the oldest building in downtown Boise is like it's like probably like from erected the 20s. in 1924. Yeah, <laughs> it's it like, literally is. Yeah, like, yeah, literally like whoa. we're coming up on it being a hundred years old. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> people are literally like, here is this cathedral that's been here. Look at Stonehenge. Yeah. <laughs> 
Who knows? God. Maybe aliens did it. We don't know. Yeah. It's that fucking old. And like the building from 1924 that I'm talking about is like a shithole. Like that yeah, thing that is going to come down, dude. Like what are yeah. we doing? Yeah. And everyone's God. like, it's so old. It's haunted. It's like, it's like I don't know. It's like haunted from like a ghost from the 60s. Like, who <laughs> fucking cares, dude? Like, yeah, from it, someone like my father may have known in childhood. Like, yeah, like it's like a Victorian ghost and older is like the only thing I'm afraid of. Oh, like, yeah. A, a Victorian fucking, child ghost. Yeah, no, yeah, like, not older. like some like ghost from the 70s that's like high and like just chilling. Like stuck <laughs> in like, like a limbo. dope ass ghost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm okay with that. Um, so yeah, I mean, in America, it's kind of like, it's not like me, like Ethiopia, like generation by generation, family recipe. Like, no, we don't have that with me. No. But Um, we have Grenfell. But we have Grenfell. Thank God. Like, keep bringing it back, you guys. Flavors, like flavors. We don't have the history. Let's start creating it now. Let's For our children's children's children. Yeah, we have time. If we have time, we're going to figure it out. Um, so... After a little time of immigrants coming from Europe to America, the settlers began to feel homesick and yearned for something that would remind them of their home country. Yeah. So this is where mead took its first breath in America. Oh. And where the word, which we learned this in um, a Patreon episode in oh. my History of Expressions. Oh. Where honeymoon came from. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's one yeah. of my favorite ones. Mm-hmm. So this is where the word honeymoon found its start. The newly married would have festivities lasting one moon mm-hmm. where they would regularly drink. This is where it comes back. Metheglin. Metheglin. This, they would drink metheglin, a type of mead, yeah. with their guests. Thus the term honeymoon was born. Oh my god. Then another type of mead became popular in New Orleans. Where it would be served with ice cream. Stop. Right. No. Right. What? Nolens. Oh, with ice with cream. Ice cream. Brilliant. Oh Grenfell, my god. You again. Have you tried it with ice cream? Have you tried it with ice cream? It's a New Orleans. Go down way. to New Orleans. Let's go on a ghost tour. Oh my and gosh. Drink some mead. Do you drink it or do you cream? eat it at that point? You I drink mean, the mead. As you eat it, do you pour the meat over the top and make I it feel, into this sort of weird soup? I'm, like, picturing it as, like, a Sunday topping. That's what I know? was thinking, too. But then yeah. I was like, ooh, is it going to, it's alcohol, is it going to make the milk curdle? Or, like, the ice cream curdle? No, they, they've they thought of that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My husband has forbidden me. We've been together for 10 years. And he has said that I'm not allowed to drink alcohol mixed with dairy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I have, and I feel like it was a disaster. It's not a good call. No, I'm trying to think of like Um, what I did, like what. I haven't done it in years. Like he set that boundary at like (laughs) a year four. He's like, listen, I can't. Like you can't have liquor and dairy. And like, yeah, man, like probably not. No, no, that's not a good idea for probably most people. For most people, yeah. yeah. I swear to God, I've done it. I just can't remember in what situation or what I drank. But well, that probably says a lot. Yeah, I was probably there. Out. Telling you that it was fine. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> and now I've trauma blocked it out after I threw up curdled milk everywhere. Yeah. Um, yeah. So <laughs> here's the thing Mead's doing great. And then one major event in American history came. 
hoping to end Mead's string of popularity in the States. Can you guess what that event was, Maddie? Prohibition. It was Prohibition. Oh, okay. I was, I almost said the Depression, and I was like, oh, could have. I know. And then, like, been. Prohibition came out, and I was like, oh, wow, that was smarter. Like, that was, like, my, <laughs> like, my subconsciousness being, being like, like no, this and I was instead. like, oh, I was totally going to say it. was absolutely Prohibition. Yeah, I totally knew that. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, even, like, the little uh, straight-laced beekeepers, all their societies and their magazines were, like, damning mead. Like, <laughs> saying... Why would anyone want to debase beautiful honey by making it into mead? Oh. What an honor wow. honey has by yeah. being made into <laughs> mead. Like, oh, wow. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. But like, yeah, they were like, oh. and then people are going to use it to be intoxicated. I no. feel so fucking bad for people who like the majority of their life was lived during prohibition. Mm-hmm. Like speakeasies are cool or whatever, but like. At what cost? Like, but like they're cost- cool now, like all glorified. But oh, like yeah. back then, that's fucking terrifying. Like just yeah. to try to take the fucking edge off. Yeah, of how shit your life is. You can't just like knock back a beer with your friends in the comfort of your own home. Yeah, no. Um, or maybe you could. Maybe you could knock back some mead. Cause jokes on them. Guess mm. what? Alcohol is ridiculously easy to make at home. Mead? Fucking mead. Really. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I mean, can fuck it up. Th- there's there's the risks, obviously. And you got to, like, sanitize everything. And, like, please, like, maybe don't make your meat at home. Like, just buy it from Grunfeld. It's fine. Yeah. But, like, no, you can, like, yeah, you sanitize the bottle all nice. And you put in all the, the honey and some clean, good water. And you put in, like, the yeast nutrient shit. And you put the right kind of little cappy thing where it can aerate or whatever on top. And oh, see, in a month or so, you got yourself some good old meat. I'm going to fuck that up. I oh, can, I would absolutely fuck it up. I you know the way aloe. that I would make some in a heartbeat if I thought I had the ability? Oh, yeah. Not me. Couldn't be me. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. Or, yeah. like, something would grow on it and I'd be, like, convinced I was going to, like, poison myself and, like... This is not the way it works. I would think I could go blind. That's from making liquor. That is not from making like mead. You can't go blind from making oh, mead I didn't or beer. Know that you could go blind from making liquor. You can, yeah. You, if if you make it wrong, um, one of the gases that making liquor produces, if you're not making it the right way, that gas doesn't evaporate. It gets trapped inside of the liquor, and then you drink it, and then it affects your optical nerve, and then you go blind. You don't make liquor are so smart and hot right now. <laughs> I'm just a steel trap of random knowledge well, that no got, way like, benefits uh, me. Her platinum blonde bob with like those like Blondes sexy glasses stupid. like looking at me like talking to me about like the evaporation of alcohol and shit. Like, I okay. really wish I remembered what chemical I was talking about. But you know what? I don't care. That is a fact that I know. And again, I know basically all useless information nothing that actually is relevant when is that going to come up in my life now right never again yeah you gotta say it when it comes up yeah but i do know that that Um, i feel like that's like a history lover like faux pas like i have just dumb history trivia and it comes up at the stupidest times it's like listen Mm -hmm. this is never going to come up again so i have to bring it up i'm gonna go ahead and tell you yeah about like this because this is the one time it's gonna be relevant yeah one time i have to but yeah so if anyone if you are like at home making your own beer or mead or what like and people are like are you sure you're not gonna go blind you can be like yeah i am that's not how fermentation works emily told me from spill the yeah it's it's the distilling process that's scary not a fermentation process oh there it is there it is um 
but yeah, you can make meat at home. And so bees <laughs> were considered bootleg, bootleg no. accomplices. No. Which is so funny and cute. They weren't like getting arrested or anything. It was just like people were like, those, no, they got mug those darn little. <laughs> they got mug shots. They got little glasses on. They got little like little cigar. wanted posters. Like look so for disc So fucking cute. Oh, oh but like the fact it. that people are like, bees are like bootleggers. Yeah, yeah, and they're yeah. like mad at a little baby bee. America is so pressed, dude. <laughs> <laughs> We're just like, an entire anger on fucking anything. Bee is a bootlegger. A like, bootlegger calm com- or, down or accomplice. Yeah. Jesus. Love it. I. It's adorable. It's so <laughs> funny and cute. Little bootlegging bees. They have no clue. They're just buzz buzzing around and don't know how badass they are. Bootlegging bee. Band name call it. Yeah. Bootlegging bees. Bootlegging plural, bees. actually. Yeah. 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 Gonna write um, that. Adorable. But the bees wanted Americans to keep their buzz. Hey. Oh, okay. That was one. No. That was one right there. Oh, wow. No. Um, and they, so they did. Since prohibition didn't last like horribly long and alcohol was back, baby. So yeah, meat has its highs and its lows in America since then. But overall, Americans have done what they have always done, which is adapt other cultures into our own. We are the melting pot. We have really no culture. So we, we've just been making it for the past couple hundred years <laughs> yeah. as quickly as we possibly can. The prohibition is yeah. not a culture. <laughs> but like, the way that it was described in this book, which just like sounds so sad and insulting, which doesn't give like American meat its proper credit is like, yeah, you know, like we took... Um, we took Italian spaghetti and we made that shit into SpaghettiOs. It's like, like oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, so what you're saying Good is... Good for us. We make it we worse. We fuck it up. Yeah. yeah, but no, the great thing about American meat is, like, the amount of, like, flavors and, like, yeah. ways that Americans have been able to, like, make meat delicious is mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. revolutionary. Um, in America is where uh, carbonated meat happened for the first time. <sighs> where that was finally invented with like this whole process of putting it in like aged oak barrels and then like taking it out and mixing the sugar in and then it like creates the carbonation and like a whole fucking process yes um but that was an american thing we did that so i'm proud of us for that one look at that yeah um so yeah so many different types of flavors of mead have been explored made and consumed here and a cornell graduate even patented a better way of producing mead that made the fermentation process better he felt that and this was like back like before the 80s um he because that's old to us because america um (laughs) but he was like you know i feel like a lot of american meat makers right now are doing a very bad job at fermenting this and so they're just putting a ton of extra sugar and honey in there to mask the fact that like there's basically no alcohol in this. Like, oh, okay. this actually isn't good mead. That does. It's just very of, sweet. That kind of tracks yeah. mead. Yeah. Yeah. So or he, with America. Yeah. Honestly. Right. Like. Yeah. Just. I feel like our covered up with sugar is like that too. Like, if you go like to other countries and have like espresso and things like that, oh. it's like, oh yeah, no, like we just dump a whole bunch of like of bullshit sugar and, and make it a like, frappuccino and call yeah. it a day. Yeah, where it's like, no, I could drink a black coffee if like the quality of it is high enough. Yeah. You know? oh, I don't know, maybe. I like some milk in my bean juice. Anyways. I um, like my <laughs> coffee literally like 
doesn't taste like coffee. No, it is like it's like I don't even know the color to describe this. Like like beige. Like oh, I have Jesus. so much cream and bullshit in it. Oh yeah, that yeah. it is like an off white color. Like by the time that I'm drinking it, because I'm fucking American. Yeah. I also put honey and sugar in my tea because I'm fucking American. Oh hell like, yeah! I need Same. it. Mm-hmm. I I do that as well. Yeah, I, know, yeah. I do both. It's embarrassing. Um, you go to Europe, it's fucking embarrassing. It, it really is. <laughs> God damn it. You know what? But maybe I'll like pretend like I don't want any of that, and I'll just fucking suffer just to not look like a dumbass, just to and not, not like to look, look like, like a stereotypical a American. Yeah. Me out here tricking everybody. So so if you're from Europe and you're going to see me next time I'm in Europe, you don't know me. Yeah. No. You didn't hear this. I feel like they're going to be like, their names are Maddie and Emily and they're from fucking America. Like, one looks like a Barbie. One looks like a Bratz doll. Why are they here? Like, that you is get them out. favorite revelation <laughs> is realizing that, like, Maddie and I's, like, whole coordinated but not matching thing is that she's a Bratz doll and I'm a Barbie. Like, yeah. that is our aesthetics. It, yeah. Like, yeah. It really it's is. Maddie and Emily. Um, but anyways... Mead makers were, yeah, they were making this poor quality mead, overusing honey to conceal the poor tactics. So this guy was like, nah, fuck that shit. And so he patented this whole other fucking way to make mead. And it was revolutionary. It is like the tactic that most mead makers now use Oh, in America. Yeah. Oh, nice. Um, and he, he passed long ago, so he can't even get his like proper credit anymore like the amount of mead makers who would like love to appreciate this man in person or like like, have lunch with him yeah but like like yeah one of the main books referenced by the book maddie and i read Mm -hmm. is that man's book um yeah and yeah you can like get on amazon and everything i'll have to find it and like put it in the show notes or something but um yeah it's supposed to be really really good but in the 80s, a winery started producing mead because, you know, it takes a long time to, like, grow all the grapes and stuff when honey's, like, it's there. <laughs> like, yeah. Honey's yeah. there. So in between, like, having batches of wine ready, they were making mead just to, like, see how it would go. Love that. And so then they decided to start selling gallon jugs of it to the Renaissance Pleasure Fair oh. in Southern California, which still exists. Like, oh, yes. Yeah, you can go to it. It's I haven't we been can to that go one. To yeah, <laughs> haven't been to it. It's supposedly amazing, and I believe it. Um, but they were selling it to them, where in the first year they sold eight hundred gallons <gasps> of mead. Eight hundred gallons. Mm-hmm. Oh. And you know what they did? They dumped it and did wine the next year. Oh. The, dumped the whole idea. They were like, nah. Okay. Worked great. Not doing it again. <laughs> okay. And now they cool. sell meat again. But like, huh? Yeah. What? Cool. A, a, yeah. But like, it They works, still exist. Though. I have questions. I have a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Me reaching out. I'm, catch me on their contact um, us form. Knock, knock. I just have some questions. <laughs> I have some questions about ask. something yeah. that happened in the 80s. Yeah. About like specifically meat and your sale of meat. And they're going to be like, yeah, well, like, what department know. do you put me through to? I don't know. Yeah, I have um, where's the 80s department? department? Yeah, I have... Who was here during the 80s? They're like, yeah. they've retired. They're like, gone. Listen. They're not here anymore. Where do they live? <laughs> I have... Knock, knock. Questions. 800 gallons. They had to, like, contact the winery and be like, we're out of mead. We need more. And they were like, we got you. And they, like, sped up the fermentation yeah, yeah, process yeah. and everything to get them more mead faster. It's like... <laughs> So what was the problem? I don't know. What I don't the, know. What was the issue here? Huh. And you don't even have to wait for the damn grapes to grow. Yeah. Maybe like the the profits 
the profit margin was higher or something online. Oh I god, know. I'm sure it's it was all probably come something back to technical money. that's like not fun. Yeah, no, I was gonna say it's all gonna come back to like weird money. Yeah, shit. yeah, because what? Yeah, <laughs> and that brings us to modern day where mead is quickly, quickly, quickly becoming so much more popular, oh especially god. as things like Renaissance fairs grow in popularity. Mm-hmm. People want to learn and be more in touch with history, mm-hmm. and so yeah, mead is making a comeback. And there are so many times in history it could have easily just completely died off. Oh yeah, and the fact that it like keeps coming back, like in England right now, I don't even think it's much of a thing still. Yeah, like, no. I couldn't even, like, pick it up from there and be like, but now it's like, no, it is. It is increasing in popularity there, but not at the rate it is in, like, America. Nice. God, like, we're fucking for dying us. for our mead lately, Well, like, man. one of Emily and I's best friends lived in Prague for a couple of years, yeah. and then she traveled, like, all up around that area. So she's the only person that I know other than me that's been to Poland. Yeah. And I, like, reached out to her, like, while researching this whole thing, and I was like, when you were in Poland, do you remember seeing mead at pubs mead anything mead 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 she's like honestly like i don't drink mead i wouldn't have even noticed i'm like yeah yeah damn it americans man like it you would just gloss over it exactly but not for long like it is it's coming back it is this is again like we said in part one it's such a staple like it's Mm -hmm. one of those things that like makes us human like our ancestors drank this you Mm -hmm. know like there's some it was the first alcohol yeah, like there's Literally. some things like drinking it tonight, right now with you, and mm-hmm. like with my best friend, like it just the warm feeling, and like it just maybe makes there was you a happy. past life where we were doing this. Oh, there was enduring past lives. Yeah, different circumstances, but we still were sitting drinking the same beverage. Yeah, with the same person, with the same soul, same beverage. That's like that's beautiful. That is beautiful. So, anyways, drink some fucking mead. That's what we want for you guys. If you're interested in trying mead maybe you haven't tried it before um we're here to peer pressure you into trying mead um you should try it from grimfeld that's our favorite and we've drank a lot of mead mead is pretty sparse you know every available mead we have ordered and so much driven to stores to purchase grimfeld was our our choice um give them a shot g-r-o-e-n-n-f-e-l-l.com enter spill the mean 10 at checkout for 10 percent off your first order and enjoy some mead the way that your ancestors did and that is the fresh cup the fresh cup you are getting today is going to be the beautiful glass of mead that you're gonna get after you order it yeah the fresh cup is something that we are manifesting today. yes that that is today's fresh cup a so. nice fresh cup of mead yeah we love you so much we love bye. you so much bye, bye.